Welcome back to Toys on Tap. This week is a big week with the toy store. Toy du jour coming on. Not only a toy store, but an art space that gives local and artists abroad a space to show toy-heavy art. They've hosted things like Nugget Show. They've done all kinds of incredible shows. And now they've got more coming up with the Garfield Show and a Death by Toy Show you will not want to miss. If you want more of Toys on Tap, you can like, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You can jump on that Patreon at patreon.com slash toys on tap. Now let's get to this episode of Toys on Tap. Hey. What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. I, I... I just saw that post on uh, Facebook about the Garfield show. Mm-hmm. My dumb brain thought that it hadn't like even been done yet. It was like being pushed off. I'm buying the Garfield toy that I need to alter today. So <laughs> I'm stoked. <Okay. laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, the last couple of days has been just hunting everybody down and reminding them. Yeah. Being like going back to messages and seeing that like the last thing I said to people was, uh, I'll let you know for sure what week it is. And that was it. I'm like, fuck. But surprisingly enough, enough people that were like, yeah, I'm still, still working away. I'll get it done. Like, cool. Yeah. And I only left one person off the poster. So that's right. As far as I know, one person got left off. That's not bad. With how many artists you deal with one person, that's not bad at all. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how many it actually is, but so far just one. Yeah, man. Uh, but I'm stoked for that show. I, I was thinking about like different ideas of what I wanted to do. And then thinking about the joke that um, we were talking about the, the last time we talked about sending you the president. Cause it was like, Oh, I thought this was a different Garfield show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a good one. Uh, but before we, I'm glad you're on toys on tap. This is usually for toy artists and all that, but sometimes we get lucky and toy shops grace us with their presence. So before we go or before we start, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do, who you are, what you own? Uh, Yeah, Uh, I'm Sam. I'm the husband half of Toy Du Jour uh, in Chicago in the Logan Square neighborhood. We've been around for a little over nine years now. Uh, So it's, it's me and my wife, Liz, who is not with me tonight. Uh, as you may hear um yeah uh been doing this for a while and it it all kind of spawned out of my love for gi joe and then kind of grew from there i have a weird path that's constantly connected to gi joe and now we're at a store where i get to sell gi joe so it's that's that's been my my connection to the toy world well i'm amped that you said that you got a path because now i want to hear the path that like always connects you to gi joe how far back does that path go uh i i probably stopped collecting for a few years in high school until i met liz and then started collecting again but uh it when i when when we moved to chicago we're both originally from st louis Uh, i moved to chicago and i saw that uh the comic publisher who was publishing gi joe at the time which was devil's due publishing was local and i walked into a, a comic shop and there was a sign up for interns and I was like, Oh heck yeah. Like 
From Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This episode is brought to you by Elixir Toys, a Fubi creator based out of South Florida. Elixir is out there conjuring up toys that are best described as horror meets nature. His toy creations include Fun Gusting, the evil man-eating mushroom, Thick Gusting, the big booty chibi mushroom, and of course the seer, an evil shaman and conjurer of chaos. If you're wondering how often these new things drop, new drops come every month. And these drops range from different colorways, different pay apps, different artists collaborating with them, and they are so sick. To get your hands on these pieces and to find out more about Elixir Toys, you can find him on Instagram at Elixir Toys, or you can go to his website at ElixirToys.com. I'll do that. And I, I assumed, like, honestly, when the first issue came out, I assumed it would just be like a warehouse. Like, I didn't know what a publishing house was at all. Yeah. I thought, like, if I went there to go ask, like, hey, did did you sell a number one? It'd be like guys on forklifts looking at me like, what? You know? But yeah, I reached out and uh, got the internship and it was very much not a warehouse. It was a cool little studio with a bunch of really creative people. And uh, I worked there from 2003 as an intern. I probably got hired on the next year. So 2004 to 2010. And uh, somewhere along the lines, the Joe license moved over to IDW near the end of my time at, at Devil's Due. And then Devil's Due, because we had so many uh, connections with Hasbro, we did creative services for them. So we did a lot of packaging art, and we did a lot of in interior, like in in-house artwork for like pitch meetings and stuff. So like yeah. just internal that never went anywhere, but like tons of tons of packaging art. We did a lot of the 25th anniversary stuff for GI Joe, and uh, so that that was a little spinoff company. And when I left Devil's Due, I joined that company. Uh, and that was literally just four people sitting in a room, like managing projects. And that company got acquired by a large digital agency downtown Chicago. So like all of a sudden I'm, you know, doing meetings with spreadsheets and real annoying shit. And like my work with Joe was getting farther and farther away where like every year we'd get like the, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive packaging and we'd be like all right this is the fun one for the year like this is what we're doing here's who we're working with we're working with andrew wildman this year and that that larger company is like this isn't worth our time or effort and i was like oh crap that sucks yeah like like i i got moved over to things like um apps for nerf you know we did furby websites and then all of a sudden i got moved to things like motorola and culligan water and i was like this is not at all what i signed up for yeah and Right at that time, that was around. Well, no, it was 2014. Liz is like, "Why don't we, why don't we do the store? Like, you really hate where you are." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So, we opened the brick and mortar then. So, what I just heard you say is you weren't happy and fulfilled working on Furby stuff. How is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, no, that was the fun stuff. That was the stuff that, like, you know, kept me intrigued. It was getting yelled at for like $20,000 going over budget on color again. I'm like, I don't need this. This is not Furby boom stuff. That was really cool. I Do you remember Furby boom. I don't cause Furby boom happened. So I was born in 1990. I got the, 
the best um um i did a deep dive on furby and like their electronics and history stuff and i got the best um part of it in that early years where it was still malfunctioning mm-hmm. and like going off in the middle of the night yeah. um i didn't like by the time the furby boom and like all those different ones came out i was way too old to still love furbies as much as i do now oh well they they had some really amazing designs uh as far as i'm concerned like the the fur their patterns in the fur it was just incredible I don't know. I was a big fan of just the design of the Furby boom. There's something about Furbies like being the most dumb concept, but also like the most iconic <laughs> and beautiful concept ever created for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told you last time we were talking that I have a, a super fan very close to the store that like yeah. kind of claims everything that comes through the door, That's which is exciting. If, uh, if we ever work on something that we were talking about. Yeah. Which I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, and yeah, anytime we can start on that, you let me know. But um, this love of toys that you have that like led you into working with GI Joe stuff and then like having those close ties and now even a store, take me back. Are we talking like, this is the same love you had as a kid for toys. You have so many toys when you're a kid. What is that like? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, well, uh, I it the love for toys you you see it, especially when you work in a shop like this. That like it's either I want all the things that I had, or I want all the things that I didn't have. But those two things like pass over to one another real quickly. Like you know, like it, if you're focusing on one, you're going to lead to the other one eventually. Uh, and and growing up, my family was fairly poor. Like you know, like standing in line for government cheese poor but they they made it a point to like like sam's into gho apparently like we're gonna you know do our best to get him a few figures every year for his birthday and like blow up his christmas and that was pretty rad you know yeah um, so yeah i i've always absolutely like i can remember each birthday like what figures i got and like just completely enamored with like the uh the fantasy aspect of it, which I'm so lucky because like, you know, the military side is really cool. And like a lot of people dive into that. And there's so many people my age that ended up in the military because of their love for GI Joe. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I love the lasers and the snake dudes. So like, <laughs> luckily <laughs> I veered the other way and I found out there are plenty of us that, you know, like GI Joe for the weird shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I've always did, done GI Joe. I, like I said, I, I probably stopped collecting for a few years in high school there just when it, you know, it wasn't cool yeah. to like mess around toys. But I, I, I looked back and I was like, shit, I was buying Joe's into like 92. That was like the last couple of figures I bought. And I, you know, that was maybe two years into high school for me. And then, uh, like I said, I met, I met Liz in high school. And then as soon as we were out of high school, we were doing so much like thrift store shopping and like garage sales and flea markets, just looking for like, toys and collectibles that we liked that we started like buying stuff that we were like, Oh, other people like this stuff. And we find it really easily. So we started selling uh, at toy shows together, like as little teenagers at a table, like two little 18 year olds <laughs> sitting at the table, you know? So it's always been that. I mean, we've always had that together. Like we love hunting for stuff. And like now, now the flip side is that like, we don't get too much time to go hunt for this stuff as a store. Like we rarely get to go to a thrift store um 
but now it's sort of whatever walks through the door is super exciting you know like you see those those shows i i can't think of anything other than like pawn stars but like those shows where people are excited they're like "Ooh, would you bring us uh yeah. like that clickable show that um they did the four comic book guys you know like yeah. the kevin smith show you know yeah it's that excitement it's just like ah, oh, what's in that tub you know so yeah that's i mean the to have like this be your passion from so young and then now it's still going strong is incredible to see and uh, like having i mean you may not be able to go hunt but even the scene that i'm seeing around you like you're surrounded by toys 100% of the time so right. like I mean, that is still cool <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it get, i mean it does get a little I mean, there's the the flip side where you get a little uh, it, it It's a little anxiety inducing knowing how much like you could slip into hoarder level. And I, yeah. I, I for sure have, and like I've tried to thin out. And everybody does this from time to time. And they're like, "Oh, you, you got too much crap. I'm gonna pull back and like refocus my collecting." You know. But being in this position where we are, it's like, oh man, this is like the easiest it's ever going to come to us, you know, like a yeah. grail piece is just going to walk into the door to us, you know? Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, there, there's, there's ups and downs to it, pluses and minuses. Uh, and, and obviously the plus is like, it's toys. It's one of the most fun things you can do. Uh, but then there's also the other side. Uh, and, and I'm talking about personal collection, but like, even at the store, like I have a huge problem with like letting backlog of like stock build up and it like our storage room is crazy. Cause it's like, Oh, I can't, I don't have time to sort and like bag all these figures. Cause somebody else is bringing in something now, you know? Yeah. So it is, it's a constant battle, which is Liz is Liz is probably the the one to credit for that. She's, she's the one that like will pull a tub out of the back and be like, I'm putting this stuff out. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> like, my my fault is when that new tub comes in, I find that one thing and I'm like, hell yeah, like show this off, put this on Instagram. This is really cool. And then like, I don't care about the rest of it. Like, <laughs> that's work. Yeah. This is the cool one. Yeah, I'm that hearing like that you need an intern. You need <laughs> some kind of worker in the back, just sorting. Um, that is paid in toys instead of a paycheck yeah <laughs> right <laughs> absolutely um what sucks is you know we do have people that that help us out and watch us out for us when we're not there and we've tried to do this thing a couple times and just does not work where we also work the same time and somebody else is watching the store so then we're trying to sort and like pull things out of the back and stock but we can't be there um, because customers and regulars will ignore the person working yeah. And they'll just be like, hey, Sam, how much is this? I'm like, oh, dude, I'm not, that's not why I'm here. Like, I'm not here right now to, to play store. I'm here yeah. to like sort, pull stuff out. So, I mean, even today, like I went in and like, oh, sorry. I went in at like 930 this morning just to get some work done before we opened at noon, you know? And that's just, you know, like when you, when you have a small business, you have to put in these behind the scene hours that like, I don't really like doing. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, it has to be done, you know, which I mean, like, it's hard to put into words, but you guys owning this shop 
and like putting in all those hours, like it's the same hours an art, like a full-time artist puts in because what you're doing is like, you're putting out the same masterpiece and it's incredible to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last night I was up till midnight working on a sticker for the shop, but it's going to be for the Garfield show. Uh, just cause I had the idea and I was like, ah, oh, crap, I should probably do something for the show. And like, you know, I'm at home, but I'm still, you know, doing the work. And then when that was done, I flipped over to working on the poster. I was like, well, I need to update the poster with everybody's names on it. So I got to get that done. Yeah. And that, I mean, that took me, Hey, I didn't, I, uh, I started that last night, just like the task of like reaching out to everybody, double checking how they want to be credited, making sure I didn't forget anybody again, <laughs> forgot <laughs> one person who I should just say it was Galaxor and he's like one of the best. He's, he's so, he's so great. He always comes through on all these shows for us and he does stellar work. Um, but yeah, I didn't get that poster done until like it was six fifteen, and I'm standing there like posting it, like reading my posts over again, making sure it's all right. And then I realized like, Oh, I've been closed for 15 minutes. I need to go home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the hours are always there, even if, even if we're not like there with an open sign on, you know? So, but the question is, um, well, I have two questions, um, but for this one, is it worth it? I mean, you're putting in all these hours. It's got to be worth it because it's something you enjoy and it's a passion. Um, so does it feel like work, even though it is worth it? Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very fortunate work, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not um, blind to the fact that like what we do is other people's dream jobs. Like it's, it's our dream job and we're doing it. And we literally do take time every now and then just to stop and be like, Holy shit, you know, like we're doing the thing we wanted to do, you know? So, I mean, it, it is work and there are very annoying aspects of it, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love it and appreciate every minute of it. You know? Awesome. Um, second question, I wanted to go back a little bit to you growing up with G.I. Joe's. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! I have to ask anyone that had G.I. Joe's, did you like come in contact or get to play with at least the nine foot or whatever aircraft carrier? Did you know someone with it that you got to at least go see? No. And what's strange is, um, my, my best friend, like they, they, they were in a slightly better, uh, bracket than us. Mm -hmm. And so like, I got to experience so many toy lines and toys through them. Uh, but I think it's just like maybe the neighborhood we were in, the houses just didn't permit it the size. It's, I think it's seven and a half feet is the size of the flag. And like, not one, not like, not like my friend's cousin's brother. Not, nobody had the flag. It's ridiculous because you, most people that grew up doing GI Joe, like there's always the like, yeah, my my cousin's best friend had it, and we'd run over there and play with it all the time. And like, I never saw it until the the day I bought it at that first toy show we used to set up at. Like some guy had it in the corner, 
in the giant box. He's like 150 bucks. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I got to do it. And this was yeah. like, this was 99, 98, somewhere in there. So like at that time it was like, Oh, where am I going to get $150? And like, also at the time, $150 for a flag wasn't insane. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't the cheapest thing in the world. It's, you know, now in the box complete like that, it'd be like maybe 2,500 bucks. Yeah. Which is crazy. But I mean, you literally have that flag set up here still at home. The one that I got that day. Yeah. I've seen like after all the toy hunting, everything, I've only seen one. Uh, there's a shop down here that has one. Um, and I couldn't imagine. Like, it's called uh, T- uh, TC Rockets in San Diego. Okay. I don't think I've, no, I don't think I've heard of it. They're one of those, um, not like they're a toy store, but also split with like comics and magic and Pokemon, all those things. Um, but they, um, yeah, I, I, that was the first time I'd seen one in real life. Cause I grew up when GI Joe wasn't a huge thing anymore. I I tell people all the time, like I I had, uh, the worst side of GI Joe. I had GI Joe extreme you know, like they only pivoted yeah. at like one point and had weird legs. Boring for me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I've only seen it once and it was, it's incredible to see. We, um, we've sold maybe like three or four of them at the shop. And prior to 2020, we were in a shop that was a third of our size now. So we were like roughly like 900 square feet on the sales floor. So it was a tiny, tiny shop. And the first one we got in, I didn't even put it out. It was just in the back because I had no room for it. Like, literally, there's no space in the store. And I was just like, the person came in. I was like, do you want to buy a flag? Because I knew, know you do, Joe. And he's like, sure. I was like, let's put it in your car because I can't display. But one of the, um, so the new shop, really, really large. Like, we have a very large space. And um, when we moved in, I um, I did a stop motion video of me setting up a flag on our counter. And it was like one of the most watched things we've ever posted on our social media. Like just like somebody building a USS flag. Like it was, I don't know. I enjoyed watching it too. So tell me about this, this toy shop. Sadly, I'm like a four hour flight away. So getting out there, I got to like have a real reason to go out to Chicago. And I think you're going to be the first real reason for me. Um, But nine years started this toy shop and then now you said you have a bigger location so tell me about where you started and where it's at now yeah so we're uh i mentioned earlier in my intro that we're in logan square um which is about oh man (laughs) i'm not good at this sort of thing it's it's like maybe a 15 minute drive northwest of the downtown area of chicago um and we chose our location originally uh it was close to where we've always lived we've always lived in that logan square ish area um but we chose our first location because it was really close to a friend's comic shop and we don't do comics so it's just like well let's you know we're not going to step on their toes and do comics and they don't do that many toys let's just make it a little like hub for for nerds to go to you know like we're walking distance like maybe a five minute walk from that comic shop um so we chose that shop uh based on their location and proximity to like the the train we're really close to a, a blue line stop here in chicago and uh that i mean that space was perfect for us for starting out it was so small and we filled it immediately like it was filled to the rafters like literally like stuff up 
on the ceiling just because we didn't have space. And we did a really good job at like cramming stuff in there. But um, anyone that came in there, you know, they'd be nervous to walk around just because it was just so tight and there wasn't a lot of room. Uh, I'd say like six people in there would be like packed, mm-hmm. you know, and we threw um, these group art shows in that space. And we, it, it was insane. Like at, I, I'm fairly certain at one point we had like maybe 80 people crammed into that shop. And mm-hmm. luckily, you know, like you bleed out to the outside and people hang out, but like, it was just kind of bonkers. And like, we're safe behind our little counter. And we're like, why do you want to be in here? Like, like, I get that it's a cool thing to do, but like, holy shit, this is not comfortable. Like, why do you people want to be on that side of the counter? Yeah. You know? And, uh, so, uh, it was the space we're in now used to be a record shop and it was owned by our friend Zespi who owns uh, a business down the street from us currently, uh, Logan Arcade, which is a, a barcade. It's Chicago's best barcade. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And his his record shop, when it closed up, the the space that we're in now is sitting vacant for a little while. And we both on both ends joked about us going in there. And then over time, the jokes got less and less jokey and more serious. And then numbers started happening. I was like, oh, my God. All right. So uh, right before the pandemic, we took that leap and we were like, all right, we can do it three times the size, three times the rent. And we were there for two months before the world shut down. Yeah. So we are like, oh, fuck. You know, like in that other space, like we would have been able to clear our rent like like a couple of days working on eBay. No problem. But this space, you know, like three times around, we were like, ah, we might have just shot ourselves in the foot here until, you know, it, it got really bad. Everybody had to close. Like I said, Zespi owns a barcade. So his business absolutely stopped. And he came to us and he was like, Hey, uh, just so you guys survive, what, like, what can you like, like name a number that's feasible and like, don't do something outlandish just because you want to make it happen. Like, just what do you think is realistic and let's work together. And like, had he not done that, like we would, we would have been gone, you know, like we, <laughs> Yeah. Like two two months at that space, we've been like, all right, pack it all up, we're done. Jeez. But yeah, he worked with us. He he was he was a little godsend at that time, and uh, you know, slowly worked our way back up to a normal rent. So yeah, That's and the new space, like like we could, I said those old art shows, like eighty people, like crammed in, whatever. Like I feel like our our legal capacity at this place is maybe seventy five people. Like it's a big space. Yeah. So you, I mean, the little space you were doing art shows and then you just mm-hmm. had an art show that like went bonkers not that long ago, the nugget show and yeah. had to have been way more than 75 people there. So yeah. Tell me about I, that I, show. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we, Liz and I had no idea, um, <laughs> because uh, Facebook is no longer a good metric for knowing how many people are showing up to your show. It used to be a really good idea or a really good way to check and just be like, oh, crap, like this many people have seen the the event on Facebook. Um, so like back in the day, I think like our shows, like maybe, uh, I, I can't remember the, the numbers offhand, but like 
our shows had a normal like running thing that like the amount of people that would see them were like cool and then we had like this bootleg bart show and like the numbers went insane i'm like oh fuck like this is a little nerve nerve-wracking like yeah i don't know what's gonna happen and the show was really really packed at the at the old shop so when this new thing happened and like we were like do we even make facebook events anymore like it's been so long like pre-pandemic we haven't done this and all right, let's just do it. And like, like I said, like you can't really tell off of what's running on Facebook anymore. Get a good idea of who's showing up. So Liz and I nervous about like, oh, you know, Dano's put all this work into it. All these new artists that like we've never worked with that he's curated have done work for this show. We like, who knows what's going to show up? And like, after the fact, you know, Dano was like, yeah, I was, I was pretty nervous too. I had no idea knowing, and so. Uh, opening night, we close that hour between when we're a store just to get ready and do any last minute touches on the show. We open at seven, usually our shows. And um, during that hour, our friend Kelly texts us. She's like, hey, so I'm standing in a line. I'm like, what's that now? And she's like, yeah, I'm in a line. It's going around your building. I'm like, oh, okay. And so... Uh, I, I mean, I posted the video of like our camera taking every everybody walking in the door, but like when we opened the door, it was just like they poured in, and uh, I felt pretty bad because our art is in one section because we're a store. Like, you know, the rest of it is store, and the art is like one giant wall thing that we have. So everybody piling in wants to see one very small section of our store. Mm-hmm. which is not like a normal gallery where like you can walk around and see another piece of art, but everybody's just like in a line to get up there, see what they wanted to see, find the price, run over and buy it. And so like, as soon as we opened the door, I looked down at my computer out of fear and nervousness of how many people were walking in. But then for the next like two or three hours, I couldn't look up from the screen because people were coming up and just buying things. So I was like yeah. constantly working, which helped because I didn't have to worry about the hundreds of people that were in our store at that time. Yeah. And it like that, the, from outside perspective, like the show was huge and like had sponsors. They were like uh chicken nugget company was there. Like uh Dano doing what he does best, making prints, shirts, all those things. Like that show went nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the best worst idea that I've had in a while. Like I think back to that first like like message to Dana being like, "Hey, do you want to do a Nuggets show?" And I'm like, I could have just not done that. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a great idea, and it like obviously helped our shop. Like the whole thing is to make money. We made money. It elevated our uh, awareness. Um, but like every every bit of it was just like nerve wracking and like, anxiety inducing. Even the uh, the afterwards, the uh, Instagram sale where we put up everything that was left over, like the amount of people that were like losing their mind because things were already claimed or like the amount of people that were trying to jump on items. It was we <laughs> we actually went down to the the barcade and posted everything and then put our phones away because we were like, we can't there's I can't look at this anymore. Like everything's up. People can claim we'll deal with it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like. Yeah, I uh that was a cool pit, uh show to be in, uh making that and like you know being in 
on this side with like being in shows like that it's always a a toss-up like you never know especially like that would that was the first time I had heard the name toy du jour like I didn't know being in California I didn't know what was going on and so when Dano asked I was like yeah sure let's do this like I'm I love Dano so let's do this um and then seeing how crazy it went, it was like, oh, these people love toys. Like, I, yeah, I'm I'm more than stoked to be a part of this. So it was cool to to see and to be a part of it on this side as the artist. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we always wonder like what people, especially people we, we haven't worked with before, just like what their experience is, you know? And it, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> you know, when we're working with that many artists, things fall by the wayside and we're like, Oh crap. Did like, we forget to include somebody. Did we forget to thank somebody? Did we include, forget to like uh, maybe pay somebody like immediately after their thing sold, like stuff like that. You know, like there's always things that like slip and we're, we're worried about in a, in a scale that big, you know? Yeah. And I think people have to, I mean, the hard part is like saying like, Oh, you got to get over it. Like it's, it's you and your wife doing all of this. And so things may take a little longer. Things may like, um, there was like yeah it's just crazy like you guys are doing the most amount of work when you decided you wanted to have a toy store at the first location Thursday night 7 p.m youtube live it's toys alive toys alive toys alive there's way cool artist unboxing accounts under a thousand followers art out there for 30 bucks or less collector spotlight current and upcoming shows and drops Giveaways, short chats with artists, (laughs) (laughs) news from the hood, 100% indie, all the time. That's That's Toys Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Um, You get the shop. What is the thing that pushes you not only from a toy store, but like to an art space? Yeah, um, so that has a lot to do with our history, um, me working in comics and having so many art friends, they were like, like, oh, we have so many creative friends. Let's give them some of our space to show off what they do, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, initially we were like, yeah, let's have an artist of the month and just, like, put their stuff up. And the first one when we opened our doors was uh, one of my best friends, Sean Dove, uh, who's a local guy and does comics and stuff, and he worked with me at Devil's Due. So when we had our opening party, his stuff was up and it was like, that's great. And then we realized, oh, like when we have an artist of the month, we probably should like celebrate that with an opening, you know? So after that point, we did a lot of solo shows. Um, I can't remember what our first group show was, though, because we mostly do group shows now. Um, And one of the rare exceptions coming up in June is that Death by Toys show, Mm -hmm. which I'm pretty excited about. But yeah, I yeah, I'd I'd say like maybe that first year it was a lot of solo shows, and then after that we switched over to to group shows, which is um a lot more fun, but a lot more work, you know. Like it, it's cool getting to work with a lot more people and like meet new artists, and I don't know. There's there's something about like getting to admire someone's art for so long and then getting to work with them, you know. And it's it's such a small way in which we get to work with them, but like having somebody that we admire their work and their creativity, getting to host even a piece of their stuff in our shop, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's pretty, 
pretty great. Is there a nervousness but, on your side when it comes to like, um, because toys as a an art medium, I would still say is relatively new, like mm-hmm. a couple decades old maybe. Um, so is there ever nervousness of like, oh, we're about to do a show that's just like toy heavy of how it's received? How do you guys deal with that side of it? Uh, I I prefer shows that are toy heavy. Yeah. Um, and and I I've tried my best to try to come up with ideas to to do a show that would lead to more toys being in them. Where what sucks is like it's really great for our online community that we've built. Like we've got a lot of people that are in the toy art world, and they love seeing that stuff. Um. But the local scene, like it's there. It's just not. It's not going to fill a gallery with right. the fans. Yeah. So a lot of people that come, like our non-art friends that are just our friends that show up, they're not always inclined to buy a, a piece of toy art versus mm-hmm. like uh, a print of something related to the subject matter. You know. So we do. We do have to walk that fine line. But like. The Faking It show was one of my favorites, and it resonated so well with the toy art community. Like, they they got it, and they just fucking ran with it, and everybody killed it, like, with what they did. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that one back and, like, looked at, like, what we did, but it was just, um, it was last year, and it was our first in-person, after the pandemic, art show. Uh, so it was Faking It, and it was just based on Faker. Like, take any toy from any toy line and make it faker with the blue and the orange hair and you know perfect i don't know people yeah and and it was very toy heavy i don't know if we had much 2d art out of that one but it 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 went really really well and then finding stuff like that is not super easy to do but i'm always impressed when i see like these group art shows on instagram like um what was the apocalypse show that did you see that one the, yeah or apocalyptico yeah. yeah and they done it two or three times yeah i every time they do that stuff i'm thoroughly impressed and there was just a gi joe show recently that i was like ah oh, how did i not know about this one like yeah i would have loved to done something in there and like i i assume that this is like the purpose of these but like it's kind of rude to do it where it's just like they're throwing it up there. They're using the hashtag. I, like I could have jumped into that GI Joe show and just been like, "Here's my piece, here's the hashtag." You know. Yeah. But it, it feels weird just to invite yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. Who who's doing that? Is it is Lab uh, Monkey number nine in that or? Yeah. So Apocalyptico is run by Lab Monkey number nine and um someone else. They've done two, and then the GI show was done by. Uh, Kajiki Toys, and I can't remember the other okay. one. I'm sorry, man, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a cool show. Also, like GI Joe, I like I love being in these these shows and all this stuff. But GI Joe, like that would have been the one that I don't know that I could have ever done because I don't have much knowledge on GI Joe. I think the four or five people that know and like G.I. Joe Extreme would have appreciated your piece. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. people that hold <laughs> those pieces in high regard. Um, I, It's crazy to think that 
because I would say that like your guys's love of doing these toy art shows is you're holding down the fort where you're located. Like this is something that's cool that you're breathing in to the community. Um, with the makers that do toys, do you find that that like you're breathing into the community locally, or do you find it like you're like building into the community like worldwide or us wide? Yeah. I, I feel like it's more, uh, nationally yeah. than, than local. Um, but I mean the whole, there, there's two things that I want to say about this. Uh, like one, the whole thing. And I, I, I think it's kind of weird, but I also get it where people love going to things that have local artists. Oh my God. It's local artists. It's local artists. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, why does that matter? Like just because yeah. they're down the street from you. Like, I don't, but like, I, I do, I do sort of get it, but like in the same vein, like I get, I get pissed off at like sports games now where I'm like, why are we clapping this for this dude? He's not like a hometown guy. He, he doesn't, he lives here four months of the year. And like, he, he didn't grow up here, you know? So yeah. that shit. Uh, it's no longer us against them for sports. It's just like, here's a big money thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, going back to your original question, your, and, and the point being uh, with locally, um, what's great is that we have these things displayed and put up. And then when that one guy or that one kid comes in and like sees it and like, uh, it's happened a few times. Like somebody will walk up and she'll be like, holy shit. Like, what is this? And like, I'll tell her like all about it. And then she's like, well, I've been working on my own toys and like, show me what she's been doing. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. You know, like for sure. Like here's, here's some tips. Here's some stuff that we do. Here's how we do this. Like I've, as soon as somebody asks a question about this stuff, like I'll open up and be like, well, here's, here's where we get our cards printed. It's, it's better than like, you know, like uh, gluing, a piece of paper to a piece of cardboard and you know, definitely go to this place or like, here's where we get our bubbles. And like, here's how we attach stuff. Here's how we cut corners on this thing. You know, like yeah. I, it just having this accessible to people that are just now getting into it and like learning about it. And that they physically walk into a place and they're like, Oh crap. Like somebody's doing this, this thing that like I love and like, it's, it's here, you know? So that's always really great to see, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the part that, um, that's why I like shows that happen or like toy stores that are doing what you guys do. Cause you guys get to experience like firsthand the scene getting bigger. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It, it's just a tough thing. Like, I don't know how big this, like with this podcast, uh, it's worldwide. I get to interview people all over, um, people that are doing all kinds of stuff and also doing toys. But the flip side of that is like, I don't actually get to see it grow. I don't get to see the those cool parts. I just get to see the artists that are already making. Right. I mean, but can you take into account how much new stuff you, you see in the online community? Because I am constantly stumbling across people that I'm like, holy shit. And then I look and like everybody I know is already following them and they've been around forever. I'm like, well, how am I just now hearing about this person? You know? Right. So that's the stuff like you, you see it growing that way. Yeah. And that's, that's also the stuff that like I I love the fact that we get to do these shows because then like that person, you know, someday might actually be in our show. And like, well, that's cool. Like it took me forever to find out about you, but like here you are, we're working together and like doing this really cool 
collaboration now on something. Yeah. You know, which is, which is cool. I'm constantly embarrassed about the amount of people that I don't know, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it is a cool thing. Uh, cause I feel that uh, a lot. I feel that too. Uh, there, it's a cool thing to say like, Oh, I, I know certain artists that are just starting. Like it's, it's cool that I can every once in a while a new artist will pop on my thing. It's like, Oh, I'm one of the first few that has seen you. Great. Welcome. Um, the hard part is when like people have like hundreds of thousands of followers and they're designing a toy. And I, like, I just did that recently and they're coming on the podcast soon. Uh, they did the Winnie the Pooh um, tat poo and it's Winnie the Pooh holding the shirt up and it's all Japanese artwork tattooed all over him. And it's this. Oh, nice. Who's Yeah. Um, oh, my. I can't remember. Just edit it in. Yeah, I'm going to have to edit it in. It is. Beep. <laughs> um, but it's like incredible work. He's a tattoo artist, though, in Madrid. Like, I would have mm-hmm. never known that. And so. I but yeah, I had that embarrassing moment earlier this week. Yeah, yeah. It's also when you're talking to other toy creators and they're rattling off names and like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like trying to jot down as many as I can in my memory. Yeah. Like, uh huh, yeah. Like I literally, if if people that I've already worked with would just send me accounts and be like, follow this person and be like, okay, absolutely, you know, yeah. Like, like how else is this going to happen? right i you know how often do you uh, whatever that find a page whatever on instagram thing is explore you know like that does work but like (laughs) oh yeah yeah i'm never in the explore page because it's always people that like um they i find that it's like uh because i'm spread out between uh designer art toy and like resin toys so that page is all Mm -hmm. over the place for me but um, whenever there's a show, I am the person that's like, oh, and who is that person? Oh, and show me oh, that yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, With the store and all this stuff, when you started it, you had to sit down with your wife and come up with a name. Toy du jour is where you settled. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Toy du jour as the store name and what it means for you both. Um. So what sucks is we had some really good names and we found out later that we came up with names that like everyone does. Like every vintage toy shop is called like um, times past or like retro blast or something, you know, like I, I probably just named 20 stores just now saying those two phrases. Yeah. Um, So like we, we went back and forth forever on names and we were really close to choosing tsunami um because we were in montana once in this uh small college town missoula i think and they had a shop that was real small and it was vinyl toys and it was called tsunami and i was like cool let's do a shop called tsunami chicago and i liked the idea because um the oldest vintage toy shop here in chicago is called quake like earthquake Mm -hmm. i was like that'd be really killer to have quake and tsunami in the same city. Um, I don't know why we didn't press on with that one. Uh, but when we went to actually go do paperwork and everything, we chose toy du jour because that had been our toy blog forever, like a shitty little toy review blog where it was literally just us posting 
our uh, toys and saying, this toy is great. Like, we're never going to give a bad review to something we bought. Like, we love it. Like, we bought it because we love it. What is this, Master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth, digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> making a mutant. on Instagram. Join making a mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. Yeah. So we had that URL forever, and the phrase toy du jour came from when I worked at Devil's Do Publishing. Uh, I my obviously my my cubicle was just like jam packed with toys, and every day I would bring in a new toy and set it up on my ledge, like right in front of my desk, and people would just come over and like fuck around with the new toy of that day. You know, like oh, would you bring in? And it was literally the toy of the day, and that's why the blog got called Toy Du Jour. Yeah, that's a rad. That's like every once in a while you get those people that tell a story. They're like. We just chose out of a hat. We just kind of threw it together. <laughs> but you guys like worked it down to that, which is cool. I'm glad that that's how that worked out. Yeah. Uh, we we give some background on that. Um, we we were in an episode of that um, toy store near you that mm-hmm. Michelle did. Uh, and they asked us specifically to like talk about the name because it's spelled incorrectly um, with the D-E instead of the D-U for the French spelling. Mm-hmm. And literally what it was, was back in 2007, I think, when I was looking for a URL for the blog, um, I was going to GoDaddy. And like, if you search a name too many times and don't buy it, um, their bots will just buy it mm-hmm. and sit on it. And it's like, oh, this one's getting some attention. Let's buy it. And so Toy Du Jour has been a, a bookmark, like held url since 2007 that nobody has used because these bots bought it and i'm like fuck you i'm not gonna buy that so it's always been de instead of du because of awesome yeah super boring reason but that's why it's spelled that way damn bots uh i'm glad that you brought up uh, a toy store near you because that's where we were headed uh tell me what that's like i mean going like having a place I, i i'm not entirely sure how um that show all started. I think it was pandemic stuff, maybe a little before, but it was a cool mm-hmm. thing to see toy stores everywhere. Uh, I know E2K has been on it and they're a shop that I, I love Dustin. And, um, and so what's that like being on that type of show? What was that like when uh, uh, it probably Brian or someone reached out and said like, Hey, let's do this. Walk me through that. Yeah. Uh, so they're working on a new season right now, which I think is season I think five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was probably a week after the the world shut down, like two weeks into to March after what was March 20th or whatever. So uh, Rich, who I don't think is at Nacelle any longer, reached out. And he was somebody that we knew just because uh, we're toy people and we've known each other on Instagram for a while. And because the, um, the other show, the... Um, the toys that made us. Yep. We we'd done some promo work with them before and like got to know Rich through there. 
So he reached out and he's like, hey, we're doing this thing to help out toy shops while while the pandemic's going on. Uh, we're going to try to like uh, hook you guys up, like whatever profits we make on this, we're going to split with you guys uh, just to help out the stores. And I'm like, that's great. And he's like, um, I don't know if it was him or another producer or somebody reached out after that, but they were like, can you get something done right away? And we were like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, so I don't know how many people know this, but like, there's no crew. It was just us and our iPhone mm-hmm. um, shooting this ourselves because it was height of pandemic. Uh, we were scared to be around anybody. And I was like, okay, we'll just, we'll film some stuff. And they gave us guidelines on like how to do it and what to do. And we're like, great. Uh, so we filmed and they're like, can you get us something like after the weekend? And we're like, we'll do our damnedest. So like we filmed stuff and we thought this was going to be like down and dirty, like just throw it out there, whatever. Um, we recorded a bunch of stuff, uploaded a bunch of stuff. And then I'd say a year later, they were like, all right, here's some pickup shots we need. And we're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And they're like, get yeah. them to us right away. And we're like, oh, all right. <laughs> and like, I think two seasons maybe had already been out by that point. And we were just like, we had heard nothing. And like, we didn't know where we were. Like, we didn't know where we were slated. We didn't know if we were going to be included. Like, did we fuck everything up? Like, was it horrible or something? And by that time, they were like, here's your pickup shots. We're like, all right, cool. Well, we're around other people now. Can we reshoot some stuff? Because like, we have friends that can shoot stuff better than we did Mm -hmm. yeah go ahead shoot some stuff we're like cool so we had our friend michael tapson come in and shoot some stuff and it it turned out great and sent all that off and then um you know they gave us our release date and i don't know if they do it for every season but it was christmas and i remember another shop in town brick brack their release date was on christmas and we're like well that's that's great because we're around family and like our family's gonna um want to see it and we're gonna be super embarrassed to watch it with our family but cool um, and then we did a, I think like two days after Christmas or so, we did a, a viewing party of our episode down at the the barcade. And, uh, we were pleasantly surprised that, uh, Rich from Nacelle showed up because he's originally from like the Northwest Indiana area, r- really close to Chicago. So mm-hmm. he was home for the holidays and he, so not only was he like our, our closest friend at the company, but he was the one that did all the VO on our episode. So like awesome. every bit of it. Yeah. And one little braggy bit about our, our episode is that they told everybody record your top 10 favorite things in the shop. And then we noticed on the first few seasons that uh, they were only showing five. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like supply them with 10 and they pick out the five and they'll show what they want to show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and ours got all 10. There we I'm go. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That was pretty cool. And like our, our 10 weren't that great. I think that they just liked the way we were presenting stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And that's cool. Like so many people see those episodes. It's a cool glimpse. Um, I'm always jealous of uh, Brian as he's posting, like he goes to all these toy shops all over the U S or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. this gives us, us normies that don't get to do that for a living. Like, a view into all these toy shops all over the U S so it's cool to see all happen. Yeah. 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 I I'm also jealous every time I see him posting a photo at a new shop and I'm like, man, I wish I could be there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I do with my day off. Like I try to go to that quake shop as often as possible, you know, like we we like toys. We like looking for toys. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Super cool. Um, so 
I want to talk about the new show coming up. I'm glad that you're on here Mm -hmm. before it like fully goes into like fifth gear and goes on. Um, Why Garfield? I remember full disclosure. I love Garfield. I had all the um, growing up. If I ever did read, it was these like rectangular books of just comics of all Garfield stuff. We get those in often too. Yeah. And it was like the funniest thing when I was a little kid and they're still funny. So I love the topic, but why did you, as a shop, choose Garfield as the next one? Uh, I feel like I, <laughs> this is a weird answer, but uh, I'm really smart. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> like, like you just kind of have to pay attention to what what's happening, and and like Garfield is like never not been uh, what people have enjoyed, like. You you can look at other um, other like syndicated comic strips, sort of like that, that have reached that level, and like like peanuts, you know, like mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't do a peanut show, like we maybe maybe would do some sort of like Snoopy show with weird parameters attached to it, but like you know, like that's not the the level that like Garfield is at, right. and we realized that. I don't know how long ago, but like not too long ago, we um, got a fairly large Garfield collection in and posted a photo, just like all the crap sitting on our counter displayed real nice. And it took maybe two days for all of it just to disappear. And I was like, well, yeah, like this is kind of silly that we haven't done a Garfield show yet. Right. You know? I don't know. Something about Garfield. Um Cause you don't like that's, it seems like a very, like my grandfather loved Garfield and then mm-hmm. uh, my dad again, loved Garfield. So it seems like something that's spanning so many and I'm, I'm the most stoked about the toy that I've decided to make, which I, I'll, I'll cut this part right here. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it does span so much and it does span and so it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm stoked that you guys are doing it because I can't wait to see. I think the the cool part is how you frame, or how like going back and looking at these shows, how you are both framing these shows and giving such freedom, but also like, hey, there's some guiding rails. Don't cross those. Um, it's incredible. Like that's what made the Nugget show so much fun. It was just do something with Nuggets, and it it happened. And uh, that's what yeah. made the Faker show look good too. Yeah, so that's what we found out, and I I really feel bad that we didn't put more of a um, restriction or parameters on this Garfield show because the second you do that, that's just when artists it's just start they start the ideas just are insane. Like the the more you can restrict somebody. Uh, on a show the better the idea they'll come up with you know right now i don't know if this like um the 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 opposite of like those like broad ideas where okay so like we've we've always wanted to do a garbage pill kids show yeah like no idea like how would you put parameters on that like just make up a garbage pill kid but just that's not going to do anything for people like right. artists are just going to be like, I don't know how to do, they've already made thousands and thousands of garbage. Kids. How am I supposed to do that? You know? So we've never, 
done a garbage pail kids show like we we've always wanted to but like we can't figure out the right uh parameters to put on that show uh so even with this garfield one i you know like it it was more of a time strength (laughs) that i was just like no no real parameters just garfield uh, you know let's do something fun and people you know like it's garfield so like they're responsive to it for sure mm-hmm. um and then like yes the the faker show as soon as like we put the parameters on it they're like hell yeah this is what we're doing so like we we try our best to do stuff like that like we did uh a bart simpson show but it was uh we're doing a bootleg bart show like just yep. and it it meant you could just you can still do a bart like a pure straight up little 10 year old bart if you want to but like uh if you want to do a bootleg version like, like, let's do that too you know yeah I, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's been cool to see. And uh, when you guys plan shows, um, how far out, like how many shows out do you already know about? Uh, we, we've mapped the rest of the year, yeah. but unfortunately, uh, there's certain things that keep us from acting on them right away. And what, what sucks is like when we're ready to tell an artist about our show, it, it's maybe two months out maybe and like right now we're thinking about the july show and i'm almost like should we skip july because i feel like it might already be too late and you know i I really want to do a july show but uh, yeah we also we also try to hit our shows first weekend of the the month um so like this this garfield one would have been this friday or whatever but when i was telling a lot of people about it it was like uh, i gotta push it to the second weekend you know right so like we we do know uh, a very broad idea of shows that we want to do, but there's certain things that play into all of them that like kind of hold them back until it's a little too late to like get the right response time from people. Yeah. Which is just something that like we need to work on. But like, like I said, like it's, it's Liz and I, and you know, like today I was freaking out because like I hadn't announced the roster yet for this one. So I had to spend all last night and today working on the, the the flyer for it you know yeah but i'm glad hey i like i said i'm glad you did because i would not have gotten that shit rolling i'm glad you like i already <laughs> have the peace of mind um and that show is what's the the date on that show the when it launches may 12th may 12th so it's coming up real quick same kind yeah, of it's gonna be a good one are you trying to do the same um is it gonna happen the same way at your shop with it's all on that wall. People come in, there's an mm-hmm. opening day, same thing like that. Yeah. So uh opening night, May 12th, 7 p.m. Uh we always have drinks and food. Uh I've got a cool food thing to talk about in a second. Awesome. Uh you you can guess what it is gonna be. Um, but uh we we I I think I ran down that list today when I was putting it together for the flyer and I think we're just over like 40 people like maybe 45 and i i'm fairly certain that wall fits usually about 30 artist pieces comfortably so what we might do and we've done it sometimes um we might throw some stuff along the long counter that we have Mm -hmm. um so we have a a counter it's kind of like bar ish where it wraps around like the front is register then it goes along the side of the store and then there's a back counterpart but if if need be, we have space to just put pieces up on the counter. What sucks is that um, as the gallery, like we try to leave it up 
as a whole for the first week so that like anything that sells that opening night or like in the days following, we ask the person just to leave it there. And, you know, we take their name and number and then we tell them when they can come pick it up. Uh, however, if we do get to that point, we need to use counter space. Um, that counter space is vital to our day to day, you yeah. know, like sorting and uh, people bringing stuff in and stuff. So we try our best to avoid that, which may lead to uh, a cramped display area. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We, I, I have no idea on the size of pieces other than like what you may have, may not have just mentioned. Uh, and then like the few pieces that have come through, you know, That's I always rad. tell people to like, give me a heads up, something larger than like 11 by 17 print, you know, like if it's, if you're coming in with a painting, that's like three feet by three feet, let me know. Cause like, we got to figure out where that's going, you know? Yeah. This is incredible. And that's... actually we did, um, the only show that we've ever done that was an official art show was for Voltron. And that's because uh, at Devil's Due, uh, we published the Voltron art or the Voltron comic. And I knew so many people at uh, World Event Productions, uh, the people that own Voltron, that like when we were doing these art shows, I was like, oh, crap, like I'm just going to email them and see what's up. And they're like, absolutely. Like, let's do a Voltron show. I'm like, cool. And at the time, it was that tiny, tiny shop. And then all of a sudden we have like the the CEO of World Events coming up from St. Louis to like check out the show. And we had way too many uh, artists signed on. So uh, luckily, <laughs> our next door neighbor, uh, she lived in a storefront and she also did like hairstyling out of there. And we asked her if we could rent her space for the night. And we just did both spaces, which was great because people just walk out and walk in and it, it worked out really, really well. <laughs> That's incredible. So tell me about the food that will be at the Garfield show. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> they haven't announced it yet. And uh, we probably won't post anything on our socials. Like, I don't care uh, if it's if it's leaked here, <laughs> but our, our friends at Poly G's Logan Square um they do amazing pizzas uh and we reached out them to them and we were like hey do you guys want to do some sort of lasagna uh inspired pizza and they're like absolutely let's let's do it so we're gonna have whatever their interpretation of a lasagna pizza is uh and uh we always make sure that we have a vegan version of it as well and which is great because this this pizza place poly g's uh they're like one of the best vegan pizza places in the entire city. Um, we're just very lucky to be in the same neighborhood as them. So yeah, very fortunate to get to work with them. Actually, they, they did the Voltron show and they've done a star Wars show for us. Um, the star Wars one was really great. They basically, um, stenciled on cheese. So like all these pizzas just came with like star Wars, like one was literally the star Wars logo and like, uh, the rebel symbol and like shit like that like tons of stuff like that. And then the Voltron one, um, you try to think of a blue topping <laughs> to be on a pizza yeah. because they pulled it off. Like they did a five color pizza and uh, man, if I could fucking remember what that blue topping was, it was something like blue potato, you know, something like that. Uh, just they, they, I, I think it's fun for them to get to do like the, the same thing, like throwing parameters on them. Like, Hey, come up with something cool for Voltron. They're like, absolutely. You know, that's awesome. 
Uh, these shows are super incredible and I'm stoked to be a part of them and um, I'm excited that it releases so soon. So I'm really excited that this is coming up. Um, the As we like approach this, the end of the podcast, the part that I love most, and I talk about it with every artist and um, toy stores, like you get to plug everything, everything that you've got coming, everything that you want to plug, release for the year. Um, and so this is just how we can get in touch. If people want to get in the shows, how do they get a hold of you? All those things. So this is that time. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the only other show we have announced is the Death by Toys solo show, which is um, super exciting. Uh, Dan's like a wonderful human being and like um, a shitty toy maker, and it shows in his art. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, June 2nd, I believe, uh, first Friday uh, in June. That's going to be a phenomenal show. I, I can't wait to, to do that one. Um, no other shows after that announced. Um, we do, um, this is, I literally have not told anybody about this, uh, and I won't tell anybody anything more than what I'm going to say here, but like, we're working on our first very own vinyl toy. Uh, and it's in collaboration with, uh, somebody that like we have NDA signed for. So -hmm. that's pretty cool. Like it's, it's that level. Uh, we've done, we've done toy like exclusives with people like Doomco Design who does the Tarbis. Um, uh, we've done exclusive colorways of that. We've worked with, uh, Warlords of War, uh, Brandon, who does those, uh, Glios figures. He's Mm -hmm. given us a couple exclusive colorways. It's pretty great, but this is our first, um, on our own big boy toy that we're excited about. Yeah. Um, and then to your point about the, the shows, um, honestly, I mean, if you're local, um, uh, show up, you know, like that's a big thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to be too negative about anything. Uh, cause this, the whole thing is like, it's art, it's fun, it's toys. Um, but like, honestly, if you're like, you're trying to get into one of our shows, like it, it, it goes a long way knowing who you are first. Uh, like if, especially if you're local, you know, like show up to maybe one of the shows, you know, um, even, even if like shopping at a vintage toy shop, isn't your thing. Like we, we have these shows all the time, like show up, introduce yourself. I literally met somebody at our last show that uh i think is a really great person and i had never met him before and he just showed up at the show and we started talking for most of the night you know so yeah that's a a great way to get into one of our shows is to show up to one of our shows (laughs) and introduce yourself yeah dude thank you so much for coming on and like giving i know you guys work in crazy hours and it's nine o'clock for you right now thank you so much for coming on and making it happen and um yeah if there's ever anything that toys on tap can give you let us know and we're happy to do it and jump on it right on thanks so much for having me on i appreciate it